0: allegedly, to where you can actually go off and do your own thing. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right it is. It is a brand new week, a brand new day, and we are ready for the launch of the month of August. Can you believe it? We're in the month of August already. We have, let's see, August, September, October, November, December. We have five months until the end of 2022. My mind is blown because I thought it was still like March. Which is how fast this year has gone Which means we are ready for school season We are ready for election season And by golly we're going to have some fun with all of it across the board Welcome into the program, this is The Voice Reason I am Andy Hoosier broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation Here in Wichita, Kansas on our flagship radio station multiple radio stations, TV stations, live streaming and podcasting, wherever you may be watching listening, we always appreciate you, love you to death and it's always great to have you with the right today. Uh, how are you doing Joe Biden? You doing alright buddy? I know that you're tested positive for COVID a second time. How are you doing?
1: I want to be clear, I'm, I'm not, not going, going nuts.
0: <laughs> 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 alright, making sure, making sure we'll touch on Joe Biden here in just a minute because why not? Testing positive for a second time. I almost wonder if it's a scapegoat and I say that with the current event issues that are gone, going that we'll talk about here in just a minute. So, welcome into the program. Big show lined up for you to kick off the brand new week. Richard Battle. He has been on the program many times before. He's got multiple books, including Life's Daily Treasure 366 Doses of Hope, Optimism, Growth, and Encouragement. He's from Texas. We'll talk about the immigration issue going on at the southern border, how Texas is handling it, and how Washington D.C. is handling all the new visitors they have in Washington D.C. that have been bust up from the states of Texas and Arizona that the Democrats aren't liking too terribly much. So we'll get the latest from him down on the battlefront lines in the state of Texas. I obviously we have to get into the potential World War III that's about to happen here in the next day or two. Yeah, I, I know, I know. We'll get into that here in just a minute. But first off, I hope you had a great weekend. And it was a bit cooler here in the Wichita, Kansas area, which was nice. Got to enjoy a little bit of a relief from the triple digits, although it's back up there today and over the next few days. So I guess I get to look forward to that again. But after last week, man, I was exhausted. I was just telling, you know, for those that listen on the online stream before before the radio broadcast actually begins, that it was just a long week and different things that were going on, technical things that were going on, that just had me stressed beyond belief. And it was exhausting with what I was trying to do, which I'm not complaining because obviously it's the radio industry. It's awesome and I love it. I wouldn't do anything else, but it was just tiring with some of the stuff I was trying to figure out through my noggin. So this weekend I didn't do a whole lot. I did a few things around the house. We worked on the Hoosier Media Network a little bit, did some things just to keep it up and going and and kind of expand behind the scenes, which a lot of cool stuff's about ready to launch a little bit later. But I didn't do a whole lot. We watched some movies on Sunday, yesterday. And I got to admit, man, freaking Hollywood. I'm so over Hollywood, and I'm about ready to write off like any new movie that's coming out, except for, except for... John Wick 4, which is going to be amazing. I saw the trailer over the weekend that is set to be released in March of next year, if there's a place to be around to watch it, <laughs> which we'll get to in a minute. But John Wick 4 is about ready to come out in March, and I am extremely excited about that. Outside of that, I just I don't care about Hollywood anymore. And it really sealed the deal with the movie that we watched over the weekend. Now, show of hands, how many people have watched the movie series of The Purge? Yeah, there's like four of them, I think, now. And we just watched the latest one, The Forever Purge. Now, for those that don't know what The Purge movie series is about, the first one was actually kind of interesting. It had a cool plot. It had a cool uh, 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 storyline to it of the countries in in chaos. There's crime all over the place. Sounds about right with what's going on in the world right now, right? Crimes, chaos, there's bad guys all over the place, there's criminals, there's homicides, there's robberies, there's all this other garbage going on in the country, and the new government wants to do something about it. So the new government does what they call is the purge. And one time a year, for a 12-hour period, there is no rules whatsoever. You can murder, you can steal, you can loot, you can do anything you want for 12 hours. No law enforcement no emergency responders nothing and it's a national thing they like put on the EAS hey the purge is beginning so protect yourself hide away do what you got to do or go out and do this stuff there will not be any law enforcement or anybody to respond whatsoever good luck and we'll see you on the other side and their theory was and again this is the first movie the theory was was that this would let all the energy out just release that release the toxic energy release the bad mojo do whatever you want get it out of your system so the rest of the uh, rest of the year you would be a good law-abiding citizen. It's a stupid idea and it would never happen, but it's a nice theoretical story that, okay, you know what, it was a fun action-packed movie with you know people trying to hide away and people wearing masks and wanting to go out and loot and murder and, and rob and rape and do whatever else they do. It's horrible, but it's an entertaining, okay, you know, action movie. I'm an action movie flick guy. I would take a B-roll action movie over any A movie any time of the year. I am sick and tired of uh, superheroes. You do not need a mask. You do not need you do not need a superpower. You do not need a cape in order for you to stop bad guys from doing bad things. I am all for the action guys, the old school Sylvester Stallone, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jason Statham, Bruce Willis kind of movies because all you need is, is a really big dude with steroids with really big guns and a karate black belt, and then you're good, and you can have an action-packed movie that's entertaining, and that's about it. So uh, the, uh, The Purge was interesting. The first one was good. The second one, meh. The third one, they were really stretching, just trying to keep the series going. Well, the fourth one just came out last year, and it was called The Forever Purge. And I realized, watching this movie, that it was nothing more than Hollywood abusing... The quote-unquote white people to where they swear, and this is putting subconsciously in the mind of the population that watched this movie, putting into the mindset subconsciously that there are a massive number of evil, crazy white supremacists out there that's, like, ready to start a civil war. Because... This is the mindset that Hollywood's in. The, and this was obviously during the end of the Donald Trump ring, because I think it came out in 2021. So it was the end of the Donald Trump time. And they said that he was, of course, leading the MAGA or the ultra MAGA, as Joe Biden says, like the most radical or political organization in U.S. history, which is a bunch of crap. And how all of us are a bunch of right wing gun toting, Bible thumping individuals wanting to uh, reset the nation with a civil war and purify it back to our awesome whiteness. This is what the movie's entailing here, because the movie goes with this forever purge is that after the purge is over, after the 12 hours is done, everybody comes out of their hiding places. We start getting back to normal. The cleanup begins across the country, but the purgy people don't stop. And now they're really going after the ones that they couldn't get during the purge because now they're out of their hiding places. So the cleansing has begun And throughout the movie, they made the references of making the country great again or purifying it to make it back to its white Christian roots or getting rid of the people that do the bad things, you know, whatever. And they were referencing the whole MAGA Donald Trump movement, the entire movie. So it was a hate on white people and it was a hate on what they call conservatives, which obviously were not the ones that focus on identity politics in any way, shape or form. But this is what they focused on in this movie. The action was okay, but the storyline was crap. I, I mean, just in general, even without that. And then they definitely had this political message. It just burned me up because it was so stupid. I hope they realize that actual white supremacists in this nation, there's like less than a million of them across the nation. There's like what they say. The latest report was like 500 or 700,000 in the nation which is like less than a percentage of the entire population in the country. But they make it out to be like there's this massive movement to overthrow the country and bring it back to its purest white sense. And the story goes in this movie, at least, where they had this rancher family in Texas and a few Mexican workers that worked for them trying to get back and flee across the Mexican border to get back over to Mexico because they opened up their borders for American refugees to come across while... Uh, America tries to deal with this as the military battles these, quote-unquote, evil white supremacists. It was a stupid movie and it really made me upset that this is the level that we've hit because every movie now has to have some type of political agenda to it and by the way they want to keep you keyed up and anxious about things that are going on so when the unrest happens when black lives matter or when antifa or some other political group here in the country ends up you know burning down cities or the pro abortion activists in the nation try to attack and assault different anti abortion or pro life Uh, clinics or doctor's offices or whatever the hell they do, then your focus is not on their crazy radicalism, but tries to create a false sense of radicalism from the other side of the aisle, meaning our side. And it bugs the crap out of me, man. So be vigilant. And I do not recommend that movie in any way, shape or form. I do, however, recommend watching John Wick 4 when it comes out because John Wick is just awesome. All right. I don't want to focus a lot of time on that, but that burned me up and Hollywood man we already knew Hollywood was crap they're just beginning to be more crap because they can't come up with anything new or unique in any way shape or form which is why they had to make a fourth purge movie that really is stretching on those storylines what's trending today speaking of the anxiousness trying to keep people in this state of fear and panic and paranoia I tell you all the time we just need to take a breath sometimes Holy crap. Relax. Just enjoy for a second and just watch the media try to create the hysteria and watch them fail miserably at creating the hysteria because everything's going to work out, or at least it better. And if it doesn't work out, then we have the Democrats and the Progressive Socialists to blame because they are on an absolute power trip right now. And the headlines, according to the mainstream media, is that are we ready for a World War III? Now, what is this World War Three? pray tell? Is it Russia and the Ukraine and the battling of, of Vladimir Putin? Oh, no. Oh, no. we got to poke the bear in the other sense as well. According to CNBC, for those that have not been following the news throughout the day today, Nancy Pelosi is apparently set to make a trip to Taiwan here in the next day or so and spend the night in Taiwan with her list of uh, different delegates that she's traveling with and doing an Asia trip where she's going to Singapore and was due to Taiwan on Tuesday night, which would be... Tomorrow night, Taiwan's foreign minister says that they haven't commented on Pelosi's travel plans, on whether they accept it or not. But apparently the uh, the Chinese who have claimed Taiwan and who are preparing for their invasion of Taiwan as Russia has been invading Ukraine. China sees that as an infringement upon their domestic and internal politics by Nancy Pelosi setting foot on the soils. Of Taiwan, As after their hour-long conversation last week, the Chinese made a very big threat and then said that Nancy Pelosi cannot go over there or else the military would never, quote, sit idly by if she visited the self-ruled island claimed by Beijing. According to CNBC News, that was their direct quote. Pelosi began the Asia trip today, and amid the widespread speculation on whether she would make the stop to Taiwan, her office over the weekend, said that they were leading the congressional delegation to the region that would include Singapore, Malaysia, South Korea, and Japan. They did not mention Taiwan in the report from yesterday on Sunday, but they're still planning of apparently stopping there tomorrow night. So now the big question is, what does it mean for Russia or for China to say that the military would not sit idly by if she sets foot in Taiwan at the same time during the conversation with Joe Biden? They made the comment that we have, quote, we have repeatedly made clear our firm opposition to Speaker Pelosi's potential visit to Taiwan. If the U.S. side insists on making the visit and challenges China's red line, it will be met with a resolute countermeasure. The U.S. must assume full responsibility for any serious consequences arising thereof. As they went on to say that don't play with fire and expect not to get burnt. Are these idle threats from China? Or are they really really, uh, really willing to start an international conflict with the U.S. because of Nancy Pelosi setting foot in Taiwan? Furthermore, as the leaders of the one of the greatest nations on the face of the earth, well, we are the greatest nation on the face of the earth, but one of the strongest nations on the face of the earth, is there a difference between standing up to a bully and giving them the middle finger or just intentionally poking the bear and instigating an international war? Curious on your thoughts on that? We'll break that down a little bit more when we come back here for a Monday's episode of The Voice of Reason. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier.
1: bring some reason
0: into your day this is the voice of reason with andy hoosier welcome back into the program 24 minutes past the hour radio tv live streaming podcasting thanks for hanging out are we on the brink of an international conflict world war three is nancy pelosi poking that bear by showing up into taiwan here here again and i think this is a wake-up call for joe biden and the biden administration where the hell are you joe biden where are you i know i know. Now, I know he's hiding in his basement saying he's got COVID. He tested positive for it again. So he he supposedly doesn't have any symptoms, but he tests positive, so he's quarantining. And I find that oddly convenient at the current time with what's going on right now. This is why, and I think Joe Biden and the Democrats are starting to realize this, which is why they're in panic mode right now and why they're so far down in the polls. They're starting to realize that you cannot just sit back and coast As the leaders of this country, we are the largest, we are the most prosperous, we are the most powerful, we are the most giving, we are the most charitable, we are the most expanding, we are the most intricate nation on the face of the earth. The most intricate that we've ever seen on the face of the earth. You cannot coast. And expect the administrative bureaucratic state to just handle everything like Democrats love to do, to pawn it off, to give it to the fourth branch of government and all these agencies and departments, and just for you to sit there and look like you're the king and queen from England and wave and make the media, publish, uh, make the different media appearances and the publicity appearances, and to go and speak at certain events and just think that things are going to work out. You are the leaders and you make the ultimate decisions, and the world is seeing how weak you are right now. Joe Biden, get off your ass and do something and do something. I, I take that back. Let me reframe that. Let me uh, specify. Do something productive and pro-American, not ideological. Do something good. Nancy Pelosi is not the leader of the free world. Right now. You, Joe Biden, you are the leader of the free world. And they laughed at you when you made that hour-long phone call to Xi Jinping over in China last week thinking that you were going to lay down the law and act tough with them. Because now you're still sitting in your basement, you're not taking any media calls, you're not actually being out in front of people, you're not showing the strength of America, you're hiding in your basement because you're not able or capable or cognitive enough to realize what your name is half the time while you're talking to leaders that want to bring the United States to its knees. So now we have China making threats against America that if Nancy Pelosi shows up to Taiwan that there's going to be military reaction because they will not sit idly by in a country that they feel that they control because they're seeing the weakness of how we're uh, handling the whole Russian-Ukrainian issue. They want to do the same thing. They realize how Joe Biden is right now and how he's not in his best of shape. They want to take advantage of that situation. And by Nancy Pelosi sitting there, they made these threats. So now the big question is, with that lack of leadership and with the wanting to be the coasting of the Biden administration through these issues and hoping they go away because they can't remember it, so therefore it's not there. Is that like one of those philosophical questions? If the tree falls in the woods and no one's there to hear it, does that actually make a sound? Well, if the Biden administration doesn't know there's a conflict, then is there really a conflict? Because then we're not recognizing there's a conflict. I wouldn't put it past them. Is there really a recession if you have two quarters of GDP uh, decreases and lack of growth? And you have two quarters in a row that would constitute, by definition, as a recession. But they say we're not in a recession by redefining it, so therefore we're not in a recession. Does that actually work with international affairs, too, when there's nuclear bombs at hand? Does the same principle apply here? Because that's what they're trying to do. So do we take it serious? Yeah, we could just stop buying things from China. That's cool. But let's be honest. They buy a lot of stuff from us as well. Uh, A lot of agriculture stuff uh, specifically, so we would have to find new buyers for a lot of things, not just on the agricultural front, but on uh, different materialistic goods as well. We are so intertwined with, with China that if they did try something, it would be a cataclysmic event for both of us. At the same time, they own a lot of land here in the U.S. We're trying to limit that. A lot of agricultural land that we're trying to limit because that shouldn't be allowed in any way, shape, or form but we're intertwined whether we like it or not what kind of response would we have if they involved militarily would that be would they even try that or are they bluffing because they realize how weak the biden administration actually is it's a scary thought either way either we're looking like fools or we're about ready to go into a third world war which would be really scary the voice of reason with andy hoosier
1: When Reason Meets
0: Radio, you're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Holy cow, are we halfway through the program already for a Monday today? I think so. Welcome back into the program. Radio TV, live streaming, podcasting, trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that five-pound bag, trying to rebrand the millennial generation, one radio listener at a time on multiple radio stations all over the country. Always a pleasure to have you for the ride today. We'll get back to some of the issues with China and Taiwan here in just a bit. Are you concerned? Are you concerned about a conflict? Will we find a way to resolve it? Will it just be a, we're going to shoot a couple missiles at each other, our anti-missile defense shields, we'll stop them, and then we come to the table and actually converse? Will we just stop trading and try to put tariffs on each other with the little bickering that we have there? I mean, I will say again that it goes back to leadership because leadership would stop this stuff in an instant by actually having a conversation and talking tough and making sure that they would know to back it up. I would like to remind the Democrats as well that none of this happened during Donald Trump when they said he was going to start World War III, when he went to to North and South Korea, and he was talking to Kim Jong-un, and he was doing all these very radical things. Oh, my gosh, he's going to start a world war. When we put our embassy in Jerusalem, oh, my gosh, he's going to start a war with the Muslims over there again in the Middle East. And he didn't. And there was peace. And then Joe Biden came in and screwed it all up. So there you have it. And you can just see the difference in leadership going from one to the other. Let's get into what's trending. And shift gears here for a minute. What's trending today? Now we got to get his thoughts on some of this as well, but it's been way too long since we've had him on the program. We were just talking off the air about it's been like March or April since we've had him on the show, which blows my mind because I love having him on the show. we got to have him on way more frequently than that. He is a Texan. He's a community and business leader. He is also author of the book Life's Daily Treasures, 366 Doses of Hope, Optimism, Personal Growth, and Encouragement. Excited to have on the program with us again, Mr. Richard Battle. Richard, how are you, my friend? Andy,
1: thank you so much for having us, and every issue that we have facing us today is an issue of leadership
0: and the lack thereof. It's sad, isn't it? We had leadership, and I think maybe we forgot what it was like to not have leadership, because even Barack Obama, even though we didn't agree with his policies, he knew how to take charge and lead and look really cool in doing it, and he screwed it up, but at least he was a leader. George Bush tried to take the reins, and again, I didn't agree with everything George Bush did, but for the longest time, we haven't had someone who just doesn't do anything.
1: Well, sometimes I wish he wouldn't do anything, but (laughs) during good times, incompetent leadership's okay because everything's okay, but when the the fur of adversity flies, competent leadership is essential, and that's what we don't have now at multiple levels because we have people who were picked to check boxes versus based on competence and experience.
0: Yeah, it's unfortunate. Real quick, before we get into some other issues here, your thoughts on this China-Taiwan deal with Nancy Pelosi stopping in Taiwan potentially tomorrow night, the Chinese saying that they would militarily react because it's uh, meddling with their internal affairs. Do you think it's a bluff? Do you think that they would actually take it serious? And are we on the brink of a world war here?
1: Well, that's what we're, we're going to find out. And what's most important is we don't let them tell us what we can do or can't do. And yeah. So she has to go. If she backs down, and doesn't go, then that just lowers our level in world affairs another notch. And so she has to, regardless of the circumstances. I doubt that they would use something that little to provoke a hot war, uh, but that is a minor risk we have to take.
0: Well, it seems like we've almost put ourselves in the bad situation because there's a big difference between standing up to a bully and saying, like you said, you know, talking tough and saying, no, you're not going to dictate what we can and cannot do. We're going to dictate our own conversation here. But there's a difference between standing up to a bully and stopping a bully from being a bully and intentionally wanting to instigate a conflict by doing something that they told us a long time ago not to do. And I think we almost put ourselves in this situation, and now we have a tough decision to make.
1: Well, that is exactly right, because if you are perceived as being tough, if you will, They will not test you because they know what the response will be. And your illustrations about Donald Trump are so appropriate. They knew what the responses would be. They knew Ronald Reagan would take care of business if necessary. So it's only if they perceive weakness will they test us to see really how weak we are.
0: That is true, and I do find it convenient that while this is going on and the potential of a conflict is looming globally right now between Russia and the Ukraine, between China, Taiwan, between China and us, we have Biden testing positive for COVID-19 for a second time with what they say is no symptoms, but he's hiding in his basement to where he can't talk to the media about what's going on. I find that kind of conspicuous and a little bit concerning.
1: Well, it's very conspicuous to me because the doctors are not coming out uh, they've written memos, but they're not coming out and taking questions. Uh, they could say he's got COVID. They could tell him he has COVID to hide him away. Who knows? I certainly don't trust the administration because they've been less than forthright on information on so many different issues to this point, And they do not sound competent when they give the responses when questioned.
0: Yeah, that is very true. Let's bring stuff down here to the domestic level. You're out of Texas. You're a lifelong Texan. How are things going down there? Uh, I mean, obviously, we've seen some good news. I loved I absolutely loved and gushed over the whole Myra Flores election out of the 34th district in Texas uh, that was Democrat for 150 years. And our first Mexican born Congresswoman rocks it in a deep blue district around there. Is that optimism going into an election season?
1: Well, absolutely. And what people may not understand is the Hispanic culture is very conservative. It's very faithful. It's very family oriented. And they thought that the Democrats would take care of and help them. And more and more of them are discovering that the Democrats don't hold the cultural values that the Hispanic people do. And the Hispanic Americans are wonderful people. They're hardworking people. They don't want Government assistance. They want opportunity. Yeah. They want the American dream. And that's what the Republican Party offers at this time. And more and more of them have recognized that.
0: That is very true. I think that the cultural, um, family values and the values that they hold uh, have just by default going to the Democrats. But I think Democrats have pushed the line a little bit too far and they're starting to expose themselves to show that they are what many Hispanic, uh, whether it's Mexico or other parts of Central America or South America, what they were fleeing from, what they were trying to get away from and get to the opportunities that we see in the United States. And Democrats have just pushed the envelope a little bit too far. And I think they're starting to lose that support.
1: Well, yes. And and Hispanic Americans, whether naturalized, or born in America, they despise this illegal immigration thing that's going on because it's a national security risk, it's a health risk, and it's an economic risk. We've been overrun down here, and you're seeing now the mayor of Washington and New York, they're squealing because they're having to pay for the cost of a couple of thousand illegals. We have that many in a day in just a small sector crossing the border. The Texas border with Mexico by itself is 1,254 miles long, which is very difficult to defend, and we are overrun with hundreds of thousands of people every month. 98% of them cannot take care of themselves, and so they're dependent on local taxpayers to fund everything they need.
0: I have to say, God bless Texas and what you guys have done by with governor greg abbott shipping those buses of illegal immigrants up to washington dc up to those areas and just saying here you go and as he mentioned in his quote saying you know this isn't everything this is just a tiny taste of what we experience every single day and it was to the point where dc already called the national guard to try and handle a crisis because they don't know what to do with all of this flooding of individuals going on up there i thought it was absolutely ingenious i mean is this, this is this uh mentality going to keep on
1: Well, yes, I I had a message the other day about a busload that was heading through College Station, headed northeast, and (laughs) everybody's out applauding the bus is going that direction. (laughs) What people, especially in the other parts of the country, have to understand, immigrants historically came to this country. They had to support themselves or they had families to support them until they got on their feet, and there was no welfare state. And the illegals that come today come They hit the lottery when they get across the border and get into the United States because they get welfare. They get housing, food, health care, free education. Everything is given to them, and that's a different situation than it was years ago, and that's why we've got to stop it one way or the other. If we disincentivize them to come by not letting them avail themselves of social services, Or if we finish the wall and stop them dead in their tracks by that or other methods, we've got to stop that in some way. And all the administration is doing is paying lip service to it, which is part of the Saul Alinsky tactics of tell your enemy what they want to hear and do what you want to do.
0: Yeah, well, that is very true. Well, we're also lacking the... Ability, or the huevos, or however you want to look at it, we're lacking the ability to actually focus on the countries that they're coming from and trying to stop the corruption there. Look, between Russia and China and all these other communist nations around the world, they've invested heavily in these Central American companies to allow cartels to run rampant, to allow corruption in the government, to allow the socialists being able to rid themselves and actually take advantage of all the resources there and strain the system economically and however else you want to look at it, to where they have to leave and they want to come over here. Why don't we end up stopping some of that corruption, allow capitalism to reign, and us actually play that game back, win them over to where individuals see an opportunity by wanting to stay in their own country?
1: Well, and I think it's worse than that. I think you see Americans escorting these convoys up here. My question is who is paying for these people? Because when the yeah. cartels charge a young child or a person $3,000 across the border, and you look at them, and they don't have two nickels to rub together, somebody's paying the cartel for them to come across, or they're enslaving themselves to the cartel for sex trafficking or being a drug mule or something else to come across the border. Then, last week, the United States government set up a contract with an organization called VERA, V-E-R-A, and you can go to vera.org to Soros-funded group of attorneys whose general mission is to defund the police and empty the prisons. And they got a contract with Health and Human Services for $158 million, renewable to 2027 at almost $1 billion. And that contract is to defend minor illegal aliens from being deported.
0: Unbelievable. So our Richard,
1: country hold. is funding people.
0: Yeah, we're funding this stuff. Hold that thought. we got to take a hard break here. It's Richard Battle. RichardBattle.com. we got lots more to talk on this issue the and more right around the corner. Stay here. With Andy Hoosier.
1: Fighting for freedom
0: every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Don Wright, welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Last few minutes of the show, we are hanging out with the man himself, Richard Battle, richardbattle.com. His book uh Life's Daily Treasure, 366 doses of hope, optimism, personal growth, and encouragement as we talk about Texas, the southern border. And, uh, Richard, you'll enjoy this. I I've, I don't know if how many people outside of the Wichita area uh, that listen to the program know this, but the company that I work for here throughout the regular day, we bought a new radio station, and it's a Spanish station, uh, La Raza. And we've had, you know, we hired on our program director and our DJs and everybody that, that speak bilingual. They're wonderful individuals, you know, become really good friends with all of them. And I've talked to him about this issue about the immigration about the illegal immigration coming over, the battle with the cartels, and a lot of them came from Mexico. Our program director has his residency card but is not a citizen, and he grew up in Mexico, and I've talked to them about this, and he told me, he's like, you know, the Mexican community does not like a lot of this illegal immigration because the vast majority of illegal immigration, like you mentioned, is run by the cartels. So when you have children and women that are trafficked over here with this illegal immigrants and the massive caravans that are coming up here, it's all run by the cartels. And then you have the drugs and you have the weapons and you have everything else that's going on. They don't like this stuff either because this is allowing more control from the cartels that they actually tried to get away from when they come over here to the United States. So it's it's an issue, not just for the quote unquote evil racist white people that don't like Mexicans or brown people coming into the country, which is how the left tried to portray this issue. It goes a lot deeper. And even the Hispanic community says, yeah, we don't want the cartels coming in and taking over the nation like they did there.
1: Well, absolutely. And let's remember, uh, when I was down at the border a few months ago, the Department of Public Safety told me last year they intercepted people on the Texas border from 150 countries from around the world. So it is the world coming here, Russians, Ukrainians, Asians, South Americans, Africans. There's people from all over the world coming here and crossing illegally. And after 9-11, you would think that our national security would dictate that we would want to stop that because it wouldn't take much for someone to come across and create havoc like 9-11. Yeah,
0: that is very true. By the way, too, with uh, my new pals over here at La Raza, which is our new Spanish station, they have coined me Andres Hernandez because of how apparently I enjoy the Hispanic community a little bit too much. So uh, there we go. So they can't say that I'm racist, right? Exactly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. And so many, it's it's based on values. And yeah. we agree on traditional American values, and I know you do. And those are the values that created the prosperity and freedom that we've enjoyed better than any country. And we have a faction right now who's trying to throw all of that away to end up being countries like these illegals are trying to flee and get rid of.
0: Yeah. Amen to that. And that's why so many people want to come here willingly is because they want those streets, uh, streets paved with gold. They want the opportunity for everyone because they see the opportunity here in the United States that we create and present because we're unlike any other nation. We got just about a minute left here with uh, Richard Battle. But Richard, I got to ask you on the other front there in Texas, we've been seeing this massive heat streak Across the Mid America region, you guys are in another record heat. Here in Kansas, we're hitting 102 degrees right now, man. Like, I need some good news. But how is the electric grid maintained? You guys did a big change in Texas to Go Alternative Energies. And now I'm hearing news all the time about brown and blackouts all over the state. Well, we
1: haven't had any of those lately. We do have heat. And I think this is part of the global climate change conspiracy in that when I was a kid, we didn't have air conditioning. And it was as hot as it is now. And you just dealt with it. And our grandparents and parents did as well. And thankfully, we have air conditioning now. There was no heat stress index. There was no wind chill index (laughs) in wintertime. You just had temperatures. And now the weather people every day are in a panic that it's it's a hot temperature, but then it doesn't break a record that's nearly 100 years old. And so I think we have to be on the lookout for propaganda from the weather people as well.
0: Well, again, it's the paranoia, it's the fear tactics, it's the scare tactics they use for the international issues, for the climate change issue, for the energy issues, anything to keep us in a state of panic, which is what they're all about. Uh, but I will say, I'm Irish and Scandinavian. I really enjoyed our negative 20 degrees from about a year ago. I'm ready for that again. That's
1: uh, <laughs> <laughs> Well, comparatively, yes. And Our parents, grandparents, and our forebears went through much more difficult times than we did yeah and we can do it as well as well because we are americans not americans
0: amen to that you're also texans which is uh you know now you know that's where you guys just say cowboy up and make it happen so i love it it's richard battle richard go and check out his book and we appreciate it richard it's good to talk to you my friend we got to get you back on a little more frequently than every few months what do you say
1: I think that's a great idea, and we thank you, and we say, God bless America.
0: Hey, God bless America. Always a pleasure, my friend. That does it for us today. Podcast up here in just a minute. Until then, be your own voice of reason. It's time for you to speak up, speak out, speak loud, speak proud, speak the truth, and always speak some reason. We'll get you set for primary election day tomorrow on a Tuesday. Until then, we'll see you on the radio.